Amen. Um, if you have your Bibles tonight, we are going to turn to Job chapter 4, um, and we'll get there in just a second. Uh, I can, if I can give my message a title, it's the power of a mother. Um, as women, we have the ability of influence over each other, over our friends, over our husbands, fathers, our sons, but, but very much so over other women. And if we use our influence for what God wants, it can be an amazing thing. We can wake up uh, in, in a good mood or we can wake up in a bad mood and it influences the entire house. How many of you heard that term? Like if mom's not happy, thank, well, Craig knows that a little too well. I don't appreciate that feedback right now. <laughs> uh, um, but we have a family. We need to lift them up and challenge them to be who's God, who God has called them to be. We can speak life into our spouses and life into our children and life into our coworkers. Um, I know as a, as a woman, we can change a tense atmosphere with a kind word or a hug. Ever had a friend that you've called, and as soon as you get off the phone, you're like, I just feel so much better. That's the power of being a woman, of being a mother. You can have that nurturing side, and you can help somebody walk through difficult situations. And that's what being an influencer is really all about. It's using the gift that God has given you for his purpose. However, if we use it to influence, we can also be discouragers. We can also use it to manipulate or to destroy the truth that God has placed in us. And if we do that, then we are nothing more than blurring the vision of the next generation and showing them that real Christianity is nothing more than what the world says it is these days, which is empty and irrelevant. It's useless. So Job 4, uh, 7 through 11 if you don't have it, um, it'll be on the screens for you. This is the message translation. They did it. In the, oh, thank you. They did message. Um, the Bible says this. Do genuinely upright people ever lose out in the end? It is my observation that those who plow evil and sow trouble reap evil and reap trouble. One breath from God and they fall apart. There is. Sorry, and one blast of his anger and there's nothing left of them. The mighty lion, the king of the beasts, roars mightily, but when he's toothless, he's useless. No teeth, no prey, and the cubs wander off to fend for themselves. The question tonight is, do we have a toothless faith? If what we say stands for, what, for nothing more than a statement, then we, don't have to back, we have to back it up with the way that we live our lives and we're not doing that, then we are useless. We are leaving the cubs, the next generation of lionesses and lions to defend themselves. If we don't train up these younger women and train up these younger men, younger Christians, then they are gonna find somebody else to follow. And they will turn the world turn to the world, looking for answers, watching what the world does, and following down a path of destruction, becoming toothless and useless for the kingdom. I know we all slip up at times. I know we've all snapped at our kids, our husbands, our coworkers. I know we make mistakes. But when we realize what a huge responsibility we have to the younger generation, we should begin to disciple by example. Not just for the younger girls, but for the newer women who have really recently become rescued by grace and saved by faith in the Lord. The lionesses and the lions in the next generation, the greatest influences that they have is their parents. Their moms and their dads have the greatest influence. They watch every move, <clears throat> they watch every move and they're trusting what you're doing. They run to their parents for safety. They run to them for comfort. They're following in your footsteps. They want to watch and learn 
the, when, when a lion is raising up her lionesses, they, they, she, they watch how she eats. They watch how she stays alert. They watch how she nurtures. They want to be just like her. They want what she has. The confidence and the respect that she has from others in the pack is like none other. It's the same way with the next generation coming up under us. If you're eating in front of someone and you're feeding yourself on the word of God, you're, they're going to want what you have because they're watching you and you're leading by example. If we're hungry for the world, they'll be hungry for the world. If we're hungry for the word of God, they will be hungry for the word of God. They are watching us and they are hungry and they want what you have, no matter what it is. I want you to hear me when I say that. Whatever you're craving, your children will crave. There are generational curses that you can pass down to your children if you do not get those things under the blood of Jesus and have them covered. But whatever you're watching, whatever you're eating, they're going to follow in your footsteps. In order to make them join us at the table, though, we have to make the presence of God look like it is not like nothing else we've ever tasted or seen before. Amen? We have to show them that what he has to offer is all that we need. We have to realize that it isn't what, about what we want, but what he wants. And we can do this through obedience and serving. Our, gen, our decisions affect the next generation, but our disobedience also affects the next generation. Because of Adam and Eve's Genesis 3 disobedience, it opened up her family and the world to sin, which led to her son mur murdering uh, her other son. But it also gave her the authority to crush the serpent's head with her heel. Amen? Because of Adam and Eve's disobedience, it opened up a floodgate into the world that now we are left to overcome. Your decisions will affect generations to follow. Because of Noah's obedience in building an ark, Genesis 8 says that his family was saved. And even though the flood came, they were lifted up and rose above the flood and rescued by God. They were mocked, they were ridiculed, but they were saved and God used them to start over in the world. How many of you are grateful for Noah's obedience, right? Because of Lot's wife, her disobedience, she turned into a pillar of salt and died, leaving behind her children and her husband. But because of Mary's obedience, she gave birth to Jesus Christ and became the one who ushered in salvation to the world. Even though it didn't look or feel like what she should be doing, she had an encounter with God and she followed his will. Amen. Esther submitted to the king and was brave and approached the throne to save a generation of Jews because she was put in a position for such a time as this. Moms, you have been chosen to raise your children in this generation for such a time as this. To raise up an army of people who are vetted by the king and set into position to usher in the redemption through Jesus Christ. Our choices will affect other generations to come, whether we want to realize it or not. It will affect them. This generation now is suffering from the disobedience that the generation ahead of them had. And the generation to come will do the same if we do not rise up and raise up a new generation. We can't continue to do what we want to do. We have to submit and do what God wants us to do. Not what pleases man, but what pleases God. If we continue to make excuses or compromise in our walk with God, what, what that does is leave disobedient footsteps for the next generation to follow. Proverbs 24, 11 says this, God is not impressed with weak excuses. Let me tell you something. I've seen and watched um, 
There are, there are things that have happened to me in my life, in my lifetime, in my childhood that I had to overcome to say I'm not passing that down to my children. I'm not going to have that in my home. I'm not going to pass that on. And there are decisions that we have made that we are experienced that maybe we could become a victim in and say, well, this is why I'm this way. You know, I, I went through a really hard time as a kid and, you know, I just never. Let me tell you something. If you today and moving forward, you are responsible for encountering Jesus and finding your own healing, breaking chains off of your body, breaking chains off of your soul, and determining your future because you have access to the throne room. You have access to Jesus. So no matter what you've been through moving forward, there is no excuse for continued behavior of what maybe somebody did to you or what you experienced in the past because Jesus has said that by his stripes we are healed and that we are set free and that chains can be broken off of us because of what he did on the cross. Amen. Can we give God some praise tonight for what he did on the cross? If we try to do it ourselves and make our own decisions and do what we want, then we are not setting, then we are setting a, an example of selfish ambition. We're not here to please man. We're here to obey. We're here to serve. We're here to worship. And we are here to live in obedience. We are here to train up a generation of lionesses and lions that are ready to conquer their world for Jesus. In order to do this, they need the right tools, the right training, right? We can't just send them out to the battlefield unarmed. We can't send them out useless anymore and scattered and lost in the world. This world has become a very unpredictable and scary place, um, especially for moms. I know I talked to a lot of moms uh, who were reaching out just over the past um, couple of weeks with the issue that um, we had with the threat at the Stoneborough Mall, which is just right here in our backyard, and then uh, the tragic uh, loss of lives that we had in Allen. And, and it can become a scary place where we're like, do we send our kids to school? Do we go to the mall? Do we? And it becomes very uncertain. And that's how it feels a lot in the world right now. Um, there's worldly agendas that are they're trying to attack our children's identity and, and make them feel uncertain and uneasy. And, and I've heard so many times about well, what about the next generation? Listen, it's so bad right now. I can't, I, I can't imagine what the next generation is going to have to go through. But can I tell you right now that the Bible is very clear that it only gets worse. But if we will embrace the time that we have been called to despite our past and despite our future, our, our situation in the present, we can carry G Jesus into the next generation. And we don't have to worry about what's going to happen tomorrow. We don't have to worry about, well, what's to come because we know that God controls and carries our future and we are not alone. Amen. We all have our, our own specific roles, um, whether we're executives or mothers, employees, uh, wives, etc. But in order to maintain our calling, we have to have strength. I love what the Bible says in Romans 15, 1 and 2. Uh, if they have it on the screen or you can turn uh, with me to that uh, tonight. Romans 15, uh, chapter 1 and 2. They got it in the screen. Uh, says those of us who are strong and able in the faith need to step in and lend a hand to those who falter and not just do what is most, most convenient for us. Strength is for service, not status. I'm going to say that again. Strength is for service, not status. 
Each one of us needs to look after the good of the people around us, asking ourselves how I can help. Strength is for service, not status, not for Instagram followers, not for likes, not for people to comment below and pep you up. We have to serve just as the mother lion served her cubs and protected them because she was doing what she was called to do and she was given a gift in those cubs to raise up the next generation so that they know what to do when their parents one day. She was had a genuine love for them for the next generation. Just because we are given strength to do what we are called to do does not give us the right to become proud because we are strong. The Bible says that God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. We are strong only because of the mercy and favor that God has given us. It is not by our own strength. It's not about me. It's not about what I can do or I can have or I have done. It's about him. It's about helping others. It's not about being recognized because of what you've done. Instead of comparing ourselves to the latest social media influencer and imitating what they've done for this highlight reel that they've posted and the material that they needed, we need to go to the Bible and see who he says that we are, who we are called to be, and model our image of motherhood and fatherhood after who Jesus says we are, and not some person with 40,000 likes that they bought. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm not trying to offend anybody in here that's an influencer. Props to y'all. Congratulations. I love you. I support you. Um, but the Bible says clearly who we are called to be. Uh, Isaiah 29, 13, and 14, uh, the message version, and I think they have that on the screen too tonight. Uh, the master said, these people make a big show of saying the right thing, but their hearts are not in it because they act like they're worshiping me, but don't mean it. I'm going to step in, shock them, awake, astonish them, stand on their ears. The wise ones who had it all figured out will be exposed as fools. The smart people who thought they knew everything will turn out to know nothing. In other words, it was a highlight reel. In other words, people in this generation are posing and not setting a true example behind the scenes when doors are closed in their own family and they want to get on Instagram or they want to get on social media or they want to have a podcast when their family is at home following falling apart. Can I tell you right now that the only thing that matters in this world is Jesus and your family. Those are the things that you are responsible for in your life. Those are the things that you're responsible for and the gift that you have been given. The children are your gift. They are an inheritance of the Lord. And if we will raise them up, then we will be, the, your children will rise up and call you blessed. Amen. How many of you in here want your children to rise up and call you blessed and be able to say that to, to your grandchildren one day, I'm here because your mom prayed, mom, your grandmother prayed for me. I'm here because your grandfather prayed for me. I'm here because they supported me when I made mistakes. I'm here because they covered me when I was, when I was out in the world living like with, with sin in my life and they covered me and they covered me until I came home and I came back and I found Jesus. Our purpose is to go and make disciples, to encourage, to inspire, to lend a hand and go the extra mile, not because somebody's watching or it looks good uh, on a resume, but because God is watching and he sees everything that we're doing. He sees every motive that you make. God says that he is looking at the heart. While man is looking at the outward appearance, God is looking at our heart. And while the younger generation is being led by examples, being visionary learners, look up 
they need to be looking up to us as Christians, as Christian parents. And we need to be better alert and prepared to make the right decisions out of obedience to God. We need to make sure that we are more than just this loud roar, but we have the teeth to back up our bold faith. Because if we don't, then generations to come will be devoured. The Bible says in 1 Peter 5, 8, that Satan goes around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. So ask yourself tonight, are my cubs safe or are they fending for themselves because of the example that I'm setting? Are they seeking after the things of God or is my example showing them that they can find what they need in the world? Is my example showing them how to live righteous or is it showing them how to live on a Sunday and live like hell the rest of the week? Are we listening to the voice of God and showing them that we are who we are and that we're turning our heads and what we are doing is convenient for us? Are we submitting our will to the Lord and our children are following? This generation is looking for genuine women of God who are sold out and men of God who aren't all bark and no bite, but they stand for what they believe in no matter what comes their way, no matter the ridicule, no matter the persecution, no matter the unfollows, no matter the people that walk out the doors of the church and never come back, no matter what it is, God sees your heart and the next generation is watching. Have you ever been walking uh, through a grocery store and um, you recognize somebody and, um, and, you, and you see them and you recognize and you've had an encounter with them before and the Lord says, you know, go to them, go to them and, and ask them if you can pray with them or, or reach out to them. Have you ever thought in that moment, has my example before them, are they going to be shocked that I'm a Christian? If I approach them with Jesus, would they be caught off guard because they've watched my behavior from afar? You have, to convi- you have to have the conviction of the Holy Spirit to ask yourself those questions and be real with yourself. Let's think about it this way. Like, would people even recognize you as a Christian when you walk outside the four, four doors of these church? Would they believe in Jesus because of the way that you live your life? Let me say it like this. Would somebody be surprised that you're a Christian because of who you follow and what you follow and what you're posting, because of the way you act at work. Ask the Lord, are there things in my life, are there areas in my life that I need to submit to the Lord because I'm lukewarm? Every day there are women and men looking at us for encouragement, seeking acceptance, love, confidence, friendship, forgiveness, um, community, and for somebody to, to listen to them, and the list goes on. The need in this world is greater than ever before. We can watch the news and see the pain that's in this world, but we need to begin to focus and know that it's not just about us. It's not our own issues right now. We need to take the focus off of us and focus on a hurting world around us. I pray every day that God would send somebody my way for me to reach out, and maybe they just need a hug. Maybe they just need a smile. Maybe they just need encouragement. Tell them, hey, you're doing a really good job. I think you're a great mom, or I noticed the way that your kids always get out of the car smiling in the morning. And I just love that. You must be doing a great job parenting them. People are hurting and they need that around the world. And it's up to us to deliver that message of hope. They're in need of examples in women and men who are raising up teenage girls and raising up young men who are in need. The example that the world has set for the next generation has called women and men to feel that they will never measure up. But we know that we are enough in Jesus. He has all all that we need, and he is the solution. Amen? 
So your question tonight is, are we ready to take on the battle for our cubs, for our children? Are we ready to fight for them? Have we been fighting for them? Or are we toothless and useless? The Bible refers to someone prepared for battle as being armed to the teeth, which means armed to the utmost, as fully armed as one can be. Are we armed to the teeth? Are we training up the next generation of leaders for battle being armed to the teeth? We have the honor of wearing the name of Jesus. We have been given the gift of grace and mercy that we have received through Jesus as our Savior, and we have to walk it out in every area of our life. The way that we walk, the way that we serve, the heart that we serve with, the heart that we lead with, and be ready for battle at all times. Being confident that we are not useless, but we are, we are armed to the teeth. We are ready to go in and conquer the attacks that are on our children and on the next generation and take them back for the Lord. Amen? The Bible says in Luke uh, eleven twenty one, 21, uh, if you want to turn there with me, they may have it on the screen too. Um, when a strong, let's see, when a strong man is armed to the teeth, he stands guard in, in his front yard. His property is safe and sound. When we are on guard, protecting the next generation, they are safe. It says that they stand, I love that it says they stand guard in their yard because they're not even letting the people get to the front porch. They're not even gonna let the enemy get to the front door to put their hand and reach out to see if the door is open. They're standing in their yard to say, you're not even gonna come close to my property because I'm gonna see you coming because I'm watching you from a while away, Satan, and I know that you're trying to attack my child's identity identity. I know that you're using that person in their life to influence them. I see that they are watching things that they shouldn't be. I'm alert and I watch the way that that behavior, I see that little bit of rebellion that's coming up in them and I'm able to identify it. An enemy, you're not going to even get past my front property. You're not getting to the front door. And parents, let me tell you this too. If there's a door cracked in your home because of something that you have a hidden sin or something like that in your life, it will get to your children. That enemy will not only get on your property, but you've given them access into your home. You've given them access to your children. You've given them access to affect the next generation because of disobedience in our own lives. The next generation is watching us, but they're also being watched by Satan. He's looking for unguarded cubs to devour. We have to be on guard for the next generation, protecting them through prayer, living by example, training them in the ways of the Lord. I know I want to look back one day and, and say that I was his good and faithful servant and I did my best. Whether I was alone, fighting for my kids on my own with the outside world that's telling me how to raise them in a totally different way, and I stood alone. I did what God called me to do as a parent. I set an example of honesty. I wasn't perfect, but I set an example of honesty, integrity, of love, of sincerity, and a genuine relationship with the Lord that they were to follow. I didn't take my responsibility lightly and let the cubs around me wander off to fend for themselves and let them starve by eating from the ways of the world. I offered them Jesus and I lived by true example. Your world is, your, world is your children. Your whole world is your children. They're watching you and they're living by example. They're watching with the things they see on television, online, but even more so, they're watching us. Christians 
women, mothers, fathers, we have to make sure that the example that we are setting is not one that brings a negative outlook on God, an attitude of selfish motives and toothless faith. We must encourage, we must be women and men of integrity with pure motives, ready to raise up a generation that loves and fears the Lord. We can do it, and we have the best example to follow right here in God's word. We see Esther. We watch how she submitted her entire life to do what pleased the king, and she was able to save an entire Jewish legacy. As parents, we've been set in place the same way that Esther was for such a time as this for such a time as this. I wanna close with this um, post that I was recently sent um, on Facebook and I, and I hope that uh, it encourages you too. Um, you were created to mother your children. Fathers, you were created to father your children. They follow your example. And we may not always get it right, but we have been given the gift to raise our children in the fear and admonition of the Lord in a time such as this. Don't feel sorry or fear for your children because the world they are growing up in is not what it used to be. God created them and called them for the exact moment in time that they are in. Their life wasn't a coincidence or an accident. Raise them up to know that they have the power that they walk in as children of God. Train them up in the authority of His Word. Teach them to walk in faith knowing that God is in control. Empower them to know that they can change the world. Don't teach them to be fearful, disheartened by the state of the world, but hopeful that they can do something about it to change it. Every person in all of history has been placed in the time that they were in because of God's sovereign plan. He knew Daniel could handle the lion's den. He knew David could handle Goliath. He knew Esther could handle Haman. He knew Peter could handle persecution. He knows that your child can handle whatever challenge life throws their way. He created them specifically for it. Don't be scared for your children, but be honored that God chose you as their parent for the next generation that is facing the biggest challenges of our lifetime. Rise up to the challenge. Raise Daniels, raise up Davids, raise up Esthers, raise up Peters. God isn't scratching his head wondering what he's going to do with the mess of this world. He has an army that he is raising up to drive back the darkness and to make him known all over the earth. Don't let your fear steal the greatness God has placed in them. I know it's hard to imagine them as anything besides our sweet little babies. And we just wanna protect them from anything that could ever be hard on them. But they were born for such a time as this. You were born as a parent for such a time as this. And if we will honor God with obedience and we will stand together, then we will raise up an army that is gonna take back this world for Jesus Christ. And we are gonna see kids who are raising up equipped equipped students in this world, equipped leaders in this world, that they are joining arms hand in hand and they are not listening to the lies of the enemy and the lies of the world, but they are raising up each other because they know that there's others that they can stand arm in arm with together and change the world around them. 
So tonight, if we could stand as the band is getting ready to lead us into worship. Let's go after God tonight. Let's set examples for this generation. Let's be challenged to watch what's going on around us in the world and protect our children from that. What can we get out of our lives? What is it that we can lay down in our own lives that may be affecting our kids? What are things that we've struggled with? What are hurts or pains that we haven't let the Lord heal in our own lives that now we're seeing passed down to our children? What are things that we can give up and we can give to God so that our children don't struggle with the things that maybe our parents struggled with or that now we struggle with? If it's things in your life that's addictions that's been passed down from generation to generation to generation, then it's up to you and the blood of your children are on your hands to overcome that because Jesus overcame the world so that you didn't have to. All you have to do is lay it down at His feet. Let's decide today to be armed to the teeth and train up a generation in the ways of the Lord.